Hello, and welcome to The Restless Show. My name is Lauren Doyle, and I am joined by Joe Parada and special guest, Father John Connaughton, priest in the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and pastor of the parish of St. Cecilia and St. Gabriel. Welcome, Father John. Thanks, Lauren. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good, Father. How are you? Good. It's good to be with you guys. So I've known Father John since January of 2018. We met in the Holy Land on a pilgrimage with a bishop, which is great. And he's a longtime listener of Restless, correct? Big fan. Big fan. You are? Yeah. It's a great show. You guys do a great job on this on this program. And I've wanted to have him on, actually, for some time now. So I'm delighted he agreed to record with us. And today we are going to talk about World Youth Day, which is coming up in Lisbon very soon. And Joe and I are both going for the first time, right, Joe? And Father John has been before, so we're looking for some wisdom and some tips and what to expect, because from what I've heard, there are millions of people descending on one city, and sometimes the city cannot always accommodate these people, and the heat is intense, and there's not enough water. I don't know. What are we in for? We're looking for some advice. Oh, well, I'm, I'm actually I'm jealous that you guys are going. I've, uh, I've been to two World Youth Days, and uh, they were both great experiences. And uh, you're right. I mean, it's going to be hot in Lisbon when you guys go, and the crowds are going to be huge. But um, I'm sure you guys will have a great time, and it'll be a very blessed uh, experience for you. All right. So I guess we should start with what is World Youth Day? Joe, why don't you give us your understanding? Okay. I will follow. It's been a World Youth Day, but... Um. <laughs> I'm picking on the seminarian. Oh, and we should also mention that Joe was stationed at St. Cecilia's. Yes. yes, until a few hours, just a few hours ago, I was, I was, father was my pastor. Joe just turned in the keys. Yeah. Just gave me the keys back. He's so. in the kingdom of return, so... Yeah, I'm no longer, he's, he's no longer my responsibility. Nope. Nope, I'm free man. Thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you made it. It was looking close for a second there. Um... Yes, I mean, I think John Paul II um, started World Youth Day, right? And it's the gathering. I don't know. What's the interval? Is it every like five years or something like that? Or is it not fixed? I think it's uh, in my, it's been every three years. So I went, oh, okay. I went in 2016 and then 2019. Okay. So I think it's every every three years or so. I guess COVID messes things up. But either way, yeah. it's a gathering of the, of the universal church. Um, it's for young people, which the church defines incredibly loosely. So there's a lot of people going of arguable uh Youth. Of arguable youth, yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, all the seminarians, I think all the seminarians from Bridgeport are going, or at least most of us. Uh, and there's also some teenagers from, from Dice Bridgeport going, some young adults, um, some adult adults, I guess, some clergy. Um, I don't really know. I mean, my father, maybe you can g- give us some insights what actually happens during World Youth Day, like what you actually do. I mean, I think the idea between, behind World Youth Day is that it's an opportunity for, for young Catholics from all over the world to come together and be revitalized by the experience of being with each other, you know, and seeing all the different um, different ways the church is experienced and lived uh, throughout the world. So you have people from every part of the globe coming f- to the to the uh, to the event, uh, every language, you know, and so it's it shows that our faith transcends sort of uh, culture, language, um, ethnicity, all these different things, and. Uh, it also sort of breaks us out of our sort of local experience to, so that we can appreciate our own experience of the church, but also uh, get a greater sense of the universality of, of our faith. Um, and so that's one of the things that I, I appreciated from my experiences of, uh, of World Youth Day and all the experiences that I've had, you know, going to different places and seeing how, how our faith is lived in different cultures. And Father, you've been to World Youth Day in Krakow and in Panama City? Yes, that's correct. Panama City, Panama, 
not Panasonic City, Florida. I made that mistake uh, when I tried to book a see what the plane tickets were going to be costing, and uh, <laughs> I, I actually accidentally looked up Panama City, Florida. Uh, and so that's why they seem so much cheaper than they actually were. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually really funny. Yeah. Um, so how old were you, and what state of life were you in at the time? I wasn't young. I was not among the youth. I was there <laughs> supervising the youth. Uh, so it was 2016 was my first experience, and uh, at that time I was there as the uh, vocations director and the director of seminarians. So I was a priest already. I was a priest for about three years at that point. And uh, so that was my that's that was the the state of life that I was in at the time. Uh, so I would not uh, count myself among the, um, <laughs> the actual biologically youth young, but uh, I like to think young at heart. Sure. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that father was ordained with Father Joe Gill, who is absent today. Uh, in the actually the longest mass in recorded human history was your ordination mass. It, it was seven hours. Uh, it felt yeah, it was probably also the most beautiful mass. It was gorgeous. Recorded. I was yeah, there. It was beautiful in history. Yeah, so it, the most maybe yeah. So, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So Father Gill and I um, are ordination classmates. Uh, that's one of. Uh, so I think there were six or seven of us that day. So it was, it was a great day. And if anyone is wondering, Father Joseph has encouraged us to record without him for a very long time now. Yes, the, conf- this, the confession we made him sign did say that he wanted us to record without him. It's so that you appreciate Father Gill <laughs> yes. more than you do. Yeah. When he comes back. But I definitely think young adults in anything that we do, really, whether it's events and a formation, whatever, we need our spiritual fathers. So I wanted a priest on. So very happy to have you. Happy to be here. Great. So what, were, what were we talking about? What, what are some yeah, stories okay. from Panama City? Um, well, Panama City um, was the second one that I went to. Oh, so the first one okay. I went to was was Krakow. Clarify. That was my first experience of uh, of World Youth Day, and uh, I think I was my the, the experience of seeing like the massive amounts of people. So you, you're just kind of like packed into even the the, the big streets in the uh, in the city, and it's filled with kids who are uh, singing songs and chanting and uh, and just waving the flags around, and so uh, and when we, when in Krakow it was it was very hot, it was hot in the summertime, um, and then uh, I th- I think the thing that I remember the most, and it wasn't, it probably it was before the 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 Holy Father showed up. We had um, an evening at this big arena where they had a lot of the the talks that were in English, and this one night they had um, Bishop Barron gave a talk during Eucharistic Adoration. So you had this. Giant arena. There was probably, I want to say like seventeen thousand. I'm just kind of. I think you know. It seems kind of a, a random number, but I think it was just around there. We seventeen, twenty thousand uh, young people, uh, and myself, and in the uh, in the arena. And uh, Bishop Byron gave this this beautiful talk on the Eucharist, and all of the kids in the arena were um, were praying in adoration, and then they had uh, a Eucharistic procession, and the um, the music was provided by uh, Matt Marr and uh, Audrey Assad, and I wasn't really familiar with their music before uh, I got there, um, but uh, it was very, very beautiful and very reverent, and they had this sort of moving platform that uh, Bishop Barron was on, you know, wearing his cope and the humeral veil and holding the monstrance, and you could see, I was up on the in the stands in the arena, and you look down and you see the kids, and they're all wearing their different colored shirts with the different groups that they're part of. And you could watch as the, the, the monstrance was being moved throughout the arena floor that the kids in the chairs would actually, you could see them rotating 
on the floor at, on on their knees as the uh, the monstrance was going by, and there was just something kind of kind of moving to see the the really the authentic uh, love for the Eucharist that they were displaying hmm. through their act of adoration, and the music was just very beautiful, and um, it was a very moving experience. I, I, I mean, I I have to say that's that's the memory that um, that I most have of that experience of World Youth Day. Um, was that evening in, in the arena uh, with all those people, uh, all those young people who were just, you know, sharing their love for, for our Lord and, and the Blessed Sacrament. Wow. So, yeah, so I think that, um, like, whenever I tell people I'm going to Portugal for World Youth Day, the typical response I get is, oh, that'll be, like, nice and relaxing. And I'm like, no, like, it won't be no, relaxing won't. anyway. Yeah, not be relaxing um, at all. But so I think that the temptation is to approach this as a vacation. Mm-hmm. It's not it's pilgrimage. So maybe you could talk a bit about the difference between the two. Yeah, pilgrimage is something that is an ancient part of our of our Catholic tradition, and um, you know, like what yeah, the great um, the Canterbury Tales was is a, is a is a, a great story about an ancient pilgrimage that Christians would make to Canterbury in England, and it's got all the the different characters who tell their different stories as they're making their way to visit the tomb of uh, St. Thomas Becket. And so pilgrimages are just like a, um, just part of, of life as, as a Christian. And it's different from a vacation because vacations are, like you said, like they're kind of relaxing and you just kind of, and, you know, there's a level of fun that's in them and you're seeking to be refreshed physically through your experience of, of vacation. Pilgrimage, is not a relaxing thing. It's uh, pilgrimages are hard, and in a certain sense, by def- by design, you know. So um, your accommodations are going to be rough. You're not going to be sleeping in. Uh, you're not going to be going to the beach. Uh, it's going to be hot, you know. So um, and you're going to be walking around a lot, and um, so it's 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 hard. And pilgrimages are hard for a reason because pilgrimages, are in a sense, like um, sort of a, a an abbreviated experience and an intensified intentional experience of what life is, right? Our whole life is a movement, it's a journey to our final destination, which is which is heaven, right? And so we have this experience of going on pilgrimage, going to visit a sacred place, going to encounter someone, you know, in, in the in the Pope, who is someone who we venerate as our as our holy father and the successor of Peter, the Bishop of Rome. And so the pilgrimage is, um, it's not that it's not fun, it is fun, but it's its hard, and it's kind of going through that experience of the hardships of not having enough sleep, being hot, you know, and, uh, but but all the, all the while kind of enjoying each other's company, sharing stories, sharing experiences, singing, um, doing all these things together as we, as we make that journey towards our final destination. So the pilgrimage is sort of like this, like this small, brief, intense experience of what our whole lives are so that we can kind of, you know, go back and have an understanding of what what our lives are, are really all about. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of times people are pulled out of their comfort zones in a good way, like you're saying, right? You're not going to have the most comfortable sleeping conditions, most likely. Most, most definitely. Most, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, but, well uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, one of the ones, um, Krakow was definitely uh, an experience of, uh, we were roughing it, roughing it in Krakow. And there's something to be said for that, you know, because it does keep you, it does remind you um, of what you're there for, that it's not a vacation, that it's a pilgrimage. And I think generally people just tend to get too comfortable in life. Like, I deserve this, right? 
just the way that we can be. And you go on an experience like that where you have to rough it a little bit. I think it brings us down a few notches. Mm -hmm. It can be a little humiliating in a good way, right? Humbling us um, and um, helping us to recognize, right, God's our creator and we serve him. Yeah. You know, we're not all so high and mighty. I mean, just even where we are in Fairfield County, right? There's beautiful homes here. People live really comfortable, nice lives. But is that what God wants for us? Well, not if it doesn't lead to our salvation, right? So I think it's good to get pulled out of your normal routine and your comfort zone. And the other thing I think that we really benefit from is surrendering your schedule, you know? Like, you're not in control of your day there, especially if you're in a large group. You have to do what the group wants, and you eat where the group wants to eat and when the group wants to eat. So you may have to be hungry, or it may not be something that you want to do at that time. But because you're with a group, you know, I mean, in some cases, you have to suck it up and just do it. I'm someone that that's fine for me. You know, I don't have a problem. Uh, but I certainly have encountered people where certain things can be tough on a trip like this. Right, because they're not in control anymore. Yeah, I think the pilgrimage because you you know you're exposed to the elements. I mean, when I was in in Krakow, like it was it was raining the first night that we were in the in the great in the big field waiting for the Pope to come. Mm -hmm. So you know you're sitting you're in the field you're wearing rain gear, you can't get comfortable sitting down is mud. It's it's you know it's it's hard you know and I, I think what you're saying is is right you know the experience of pilgrimage. You know, like the experience of Lent, which is a kind of pilgrimage, right? The experience of those 40 days of Lent um, is a pilgrimage towards Easter. But you, you know, that, that, that sense of your, the mortification that comes from it, you, you recognize through the experience your own attachments, you know, your yes. attachments to comfort and your attachment to control, like you were saying. You know, if when, you, when you're not really, you know, in control of your own schedule and you're dependent on other people and you're waiting and... You know, you have to do a head count to make sure everybody's there. And it's, you know, that's, you know, there's some suffering in that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and that, you know, that's not a bad thing for us to have our our wills mortified in that way, you know, and uh, and try to be generous through the experience too. And I think that God can transform us in those kind of environments, possibly more than he can just when you're living your everyday normal life, right? As much as you may be seeking God and trying to do your prayer time, let's say. But when he, when you're pulled out, I think he can penetrate more to your soul. Well, I think he's always, invite, he's always inviting us to, you know, um, allow him to, allow, to, to uh, he's always inviting us to experience our lives with him uh, more intensely because he's always with us. You know, so a lot of times in our normal routines, when we do have control over things, um, it's easy to kind of forget that God is present with us always and that actually we're in total, we totally depend on him at every moment for the, you know, just even to exist, right? So we can just kind of take our existence for granted just as we can take everything else for granted. And so when we're taken out of those, our normal routine, we're taken out of our, out of our comfort zone, you know, we realize how, how helpless we are in a lot of ways. And, uh, so those experiences of, um, of discomfort and, uh, and struggle are salutary in the sense that, you know, it's a reminder of, of the reality of our situation. And we can all always, you know, often be, deceive ourselves into thinking things are, are otherwise, that we actually do have control over over everything. And that's not uh, that's not true. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, Joe, can you tell us about your trip? Who are you going with? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, so, so you're going with, with the religious order, I think. I'm going with the Diocese of Bridgeport. Um, different categories like i said before 
of kind of like different groups of people that are going. Um, I'm a seminarian, so I'm going with seminarians. I am going late because um, I'm, I'm going to a wedding. Uh, so I'll be missing not World Youth Day. They're doing like a pilgrimage to Fatima, which I'll be missing part of. Um, so, yeah, and I think that there are, there are some rules about where we're all staying. So, like, I think seminarians are largely, are generally speaking, staying in different hotels than everybody else. Um, the Ritz? Is it the... Uh, yeah, you know, the, it's the Ritz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is Bridgeport, after all. No, um, I mean, you know, I think, from what I've heard, I think that maybe some lessons were learned after Krakow, and I think that the general thought is if the diocese is going to pay for people and support people to go on this, they want them to enter into the days more fully, which requires you to actually have slept a bit. And so um, there's no there's no hostel in our future. Our future, I don't know about Lauren's future. There's no hostel in my future. Um, so yeah, it'll be good though to uh, go with the seminarians. Well, actually one of the guys who's entering this coming year is coming with us. It'll be good to have him. Yeah, it'll be how good. How many of you are there? Uh, how many of us are there? Hang on, hang on. I want to say that there are nine... I, I, I believe that there are nine seminarians going as well as five of the newly ordained priests for a diocese are going of the six and our neocat seminarians are going but not with us because there's like a separate neocat thing going on around the same time what's that what's that called oh they call that the um it happens at uh, Puerto San Giorgio um that's where they have their they they have their annual gathering. Yeah, and that's where a lot of times where the members of their community come from all over the world to find out. You know, men who think they're they're being invited to the priesthood come yeah. to find out where they're going to be studying. Yeah, for the priesthood. So hopefully, we can spend some time with them too. So, uh, get to know that group better. But yeah, so that's that's the plan for us anyway. And you are. And there's doing... a young adult group from our diocese going as well. So yeah. will you be interacting with them? Me. Sure. Why not? I mean, I, <laughs> frankly, that's news to me. But um, oh, you but didn't know that Joe is sacrificing control over his schedule, and so he's going to yeah kind of go and, see what and, happens yeah. when he arrives. Yep, he's entering into. He's that's gonna be right. trying to fully enter into this that's experience. Right. Not talk to anybody. Yeah, could, this could be a distraction. Um, yeah, no, I have heard bits. Yeah, I, there are young adult. Is it? So I'm sorry. Um, yeah, there are young adult people from diocese going for sure. That's that's kind of the whole thing. So well, everybody ends up in the same place. So right. I'm sure there'll be people who are using their. Uh, WhatsApp and things like that to to coordinate me. So Joe and I could actually meet up potentially. Yeah, I think so. What's funny is like in the Catholic world, when you go to these big events, you always run into people that you know. You know, that's that's true for the the March for Life. It's true for like any of these um, these gatherings. You suddenly you know walking through this massive crowd, and then you bump into somebody that <laughs> that you know from back home or you haven't seen for a long time. And uh, right. you know, I've always thought that that's almost like a foretaste of the experience of what heaven will be like. You know, hmm. you're just kind of in this massive crowd in the communion of saints, and then you bump into each other and you share your story of how you ended up there, you know? Right. So it's... Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you're, you're going with a, with a religious community, right? Yes, I'm going with Father John and my good friend, Father Andy Bill, now Father Israel, and Ham, Los Hermanos del Amor Misericordoroso, um, the Brothers of Merciful Love, and the Daughters of Merciful Love. So I know that 50 people from their community are going. They have 25 brothers and 83 sisters. So of all those people, 50 of them are going. And now uh, Father Andy called me yesterday, actually, here at work. And so I was like, oh, I got to take this um, in front of my boss, which I don't know, that probably did not look good. But 
well, it was a call from Spain. If Joe, it, something like that had happened, happened to Joe over the past month. <laughs> I would not have been pleased. Wouldn't have been good. Yeah, that would have definitely gone on his evaluation. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, because we were texting about what do I need to bring and such, because I they just sent out a packing list maybe a few days ago. I don't know, and I didn't even see it um, until late Sunday night. So we just were kind of going through things, and you know how he is. He's very excited. So he asked me, are you excited? I'm like, of course, you know, but he's so animated and excited. So that was really nice to hear. And uh, then he just went on talking for a bit. So that might have been bad, but he's really excited. And I think we have 15 Americans coming. I brought in some people, uh, which is cool. Um, A couple of people from Stanford and then other people who are just connected to that community already or I don't know. Um, And then I think there are like at least 100 to 150 Spanish young adults that they know, maybe even more, that are all in our group. So it's quite a large group, and um, I actually fly out tonight at 10 p.m. Are you packed? No. Oh, my goodness. That would give me so much anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) I balance all the things, Joe, as you know, but I have, you know, put clothes in piles. I went shopping last night, and I got a long skirt for going into churches because I don't have one of those and I figured just throw it on to like overclose if needed so that was good I checked that off last night but you anyway. bring as bring as half as much of the stuff that you think you need okay I think that's part of like one of the things that's just and just re-wear. a big mistake is to yeah because it's World Youth Day is it's kind of you know I mean it's kind of down and dirty you know you're not going to yeah. be like showering every day well maybe you know maybe the, the seminarians and they're showering every day you know showering every day I don't need <laughs> to but like the real pilgrimage pilgrims you know the guy the people who are like roughing it yeah um, not us yeah they'll be they'll be dirty and sm- smelly and um, you know it's and it's gonna be hot you know but you can use you know read you know, bring some t-shirts you know you wear your long skirt with like a yep. nice t-shirt or something like that you know it's it's totally fine and but you want to be comfortable. And you want to be cool, um, but you also don't want to be lugging around a backpack full of stuff that you know you're never you're not going to need. And so you know, don't bring a bunch of books because you're Maybe probably not going to read them. I thought about bringing one book. Bring one book or the like Bible. or don't. I also have my <laughs> daily bread. That's like the little yeah, book should, with yeah, bring daily. That. That's nice. That's small. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or um, if you have a Kindle, that's not a bad thing to bring because you can switch back and forth to different books. But um, travel Bible. Travel Bible, yeah. I have one of those from the Holy Land trip. Yeah, but, you know, bring some ibuprofen and stuff like that, too, or, you know, sunblock. Things that, you know, because you're going to be exposed to the elements. But I definitely want to, like, just carry, travel light, travel light. And don't care about what you look like. Yeah, don't care what you look like, you know. God, God knows what you look like, and uh, you know, and, uh, and nobody looks good at World Youth Day. I mean, that's just the that's just reality, you know. Everybody looks worn out and dirty, and uh, but it's but that's part of the experience, you know. And that's uh, that's what kind of what makes it exciting. And you go through that experience together, and you know, people are very joyful uh, through that experience too. Do you have any stories from Panama City? Panama City was just like the the crowds were huge. Um, huge, huge, they were huge, uh, and then you know the going on. The, what was nice about Panama City is that you know for the vigil, which is on the Saturday evening, you know you hike out to the place where the final mass is going to be, and then you have the vigil sort of event, and then you spend the night, you sleep in the field, and then there's mass the next morning uh, with the Pope. And um, what was nice about Panama City 
is that it was in, it was at the end of January, beginning of February. And so where it was cold here in Connecticut, it was perfect. The weather was great down in Panama. And so it wasn't hot, like it was in Krakow, it wasn't hot and sweaty, um, but it was, it was nice. And so sleeping outside uh, in Panama City, like in the, in the field in Panama City, um, at the end of January, you know, I had a nice, like, kind of a simple little air mattress, one of those self-inflating air mattresses, because I, I wasn't young, you know, so I, I had to, you know, make sure that I had something to, to sleep on, you know, I was a kind of an older, older pilgrim. And so um, I slept on that, and it slept great. And got up the next morning, and it was a beautiful day for the uh, the Holy Father's Mass. But then you hike out, you hike back to uh, to where the buses are, and so the hike was probably three four miles, um, which was shorter than the one in Krakow. I think Krakow was at least ten miles. Wow. Yeah. So what I'm not sure the... what the I'm not sure what the the, the hike is going to be like in, in Lisbon, but um, hopefully it'll be hopefully it won't be ten miles for you guys. What was the experience of the mass like at that scale? Uh, and are you see, you're seeing it on a screen? Yeah, you see it. Well, as a priest, I was a little, I was closer to the uh, the area where the Holy Father was saying the mass. But I, you know, it, it, because of it's it's so huge, it is um, it's kind of a strange experience of uh, of mass. But um, but yeah, for, for me, you know, always celebrating, being able to celebrate mass with the Holy Father was um, is always a a special thing. Did you get to see him up close? When he was driving by, so he but the, when he arrives on the Thursday, they have a big event in the field, and the Holy Father shows up, and he drives around through the crowd in the Pope Mobile, and um, and I think I was closer to him in Panama than I was in Krakow, but it's just uh it's kind of an electrifying thing to be in the presence of uh, of the Holy Father. So when when I was in the first time I was in the presence of uh, the Pope was uh, John Paul II when I was in college. And so I was doing a, sem- a semester abroad in Rome, and we had uh, a morning where there was uh, an opportunity for a, um, a papal, papal audience in the Square of St. Peter's. And it was outside, and my seat was kind of like on the far aisle, so I was looking up to see where the Pope was going to be sitting during the audience, and he seemed so far away. And um, so I was kind of disappointed, but then suddenly the crowd started to stand up, and, and I looked over, and the Pope-mobile was going right past where I was sitting. Hmm. And so... I was able to like, and it wasn't even like I was able to. It was almost like I couldn't help myself but to try to reach out and grab his hand. Wow! And I actually was able to grab his hand. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And then I, uh, you're a third I, class relic, then. It's amazing. Uh, I am a, am I a third class relic? I guess I'm a second class relic. I think. Right? You're, you guys are that close, huh? Well, I would say I'm a second class <laughs> relic. You know, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I remember just having this feeling of like electricity, like running through my body. It was like this kind of awesome thing to have that experience of being being there with him, the successor of Peter. And uh, the Holy Father, you know, especially in, in retrospect, you know, I think we all kind of saw John Paul II as a saintly man, but now that he is a saint, um, that memory becomes even more precious. No, that's amazing. I've heard from my dad; he got to see um, Pope John Paul in Michigan in an arena, and the thing that stood out to him was every single person in that arena was locked on the Holy Father. Right, their their heads were all facing him, whereas. He'd never seen that before, right? When you go to a baseball game or a football game, people are moving around, you know, in any kind of direction. But to all be unified on one person um, sounds pretty amazing. And I happened to just speak to um, a parent I know who also went to World Youth Day once and got up close and said she felt like this heat in her body, like from her stomach that kind of went up through her. And um, like nothing else before, 
and so an amazing experience. And then she said, and then I cried. Like, and I I know that happens, right? People I didn't have cry. these. I didn't, I didn't cry. <laughs> of course that, not. That, that wasn't part of, course of my not, Father John. So, yeah. But people do, I, you know, often I think have these spiritual encounters that are intense and like electrifying. And then your body just kind of, I don't know, is it recovering from it? Is it healing? But it's an intense, um, you know, reaction. It's beautiful. Have either one of you ever been in the presence of the Holy Father? No. No. Okay. I don't think so. So we're about to be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to hear what your experience was like in retrospect and how much uh, my advice to you today uh, was helpful or not helpful. You know, it's going to be one or the other, you know, but uh, I expect that when you come back and you give your report that you will say it, it was very helpful. Oh, no doubt. So one final thought is, you know, I hear a lot of negative things about Pope Francis, even from my own family, right? But he is the vicar of Christ, as we've said. He is, um, you know, our leader here in the Catholic world, and there is a connection to him directly to God, which is pretty profound and amazing. So yeah, is there a be, way that we can, I don't know, get people to see beyond, let's say, what you see in the media or what you hear about him? Versus just accepting that, you know, the Catholic Church has designated this person to lead us, and he is our spiritual father, and we should pray for his intentions, and that he is a unifying person, um, and the privilege that it is, I guess, to see him and experience World Youth Day and be in his presence. Yeah, well, every Catholic should have a, a special um, kind of filial af affection and love for the Holy Father, you know, and pray for him every day, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's something in, important about that. You know, he is the successor of Peter, and we pray for him every day at Mass, and um, he deserves to have our ever devotion as as uh, as as the successor of Peter and the Vicar of Christ. So, um, yeah, it's important to have um, have, a, have a real love for the uh, for the Pope. So I would encourage you, and, and we do that by showing him our love by praying for him, which we should do every day, and which we you know we do at Mass. Uh, every time we say mass, so it's important to have a have an authentic uh, and genuine affection for for the Holy Father. Mm. Absolutely. All right. Well, as you guys know, I got to get packing. <laughs> yeah, bon voyage. <laughs> I don't know how you say it in uh, what time is your in, in Portuguese. 10 p.m. Oh, all right. You know, you know how to say uh, happy trip or I don't have say a good trip in Portuguese? Okay. Yeah. I think you wanted like maybe bon learn that before I go. Bon, yeah. bon, bon dia. I, I think can't do the guttural throat sound that they do. Maybe they say what? bon dia. That's, that's good how you day. Say good, good morning. Day. Yeah. Bon so. tarde. Yeah. Good afternoon. And I'm sure the I'm sure the food in Portugal is excellent. I'm sure it's delicious. You know, I love the, I love the At food the in Spain. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure these seminarians will be enjoying uh, very nice <laughs> nice Portuguese meals. I'm not sure what it, what what um, Lauren and the rest of the pilgrims. We'll be roughing it. We'll be having, but uh, I think we're staying in a parish. Yeah, some I'm of sure. us in homes, some of us. Yeah, so if you're having some home cooked meals and things like that, so yeah. it'll be fun. Well, have a great time, guys. Thank you. Father. Thank you so much. Yeah, and say, say a prayer for me, and I'll say a prayer yes. that uh, this is a very uh, spiritually fruitful experience for for both of you and for all those who are going from our diocese, but also all those who are going from all over the world. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Father. All right. God bless you. Absolutely. Signing off. You can catch us on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.